Welcome to the Piano Pantry Podcast, where together we live life as independent music teachers. I'm your host, Amy Chaplin. In this space, we talk about all things teacher life related, from organizing our studios to getting dinner on the table and all that comes between. You'll get loads of easily actionable tips on organizing and managing your studio while balancing life and home. While this podcast is primarily a solo podcast, Every five episodes, I like to bring you a casual chat called Teacher Talk, where the goal is to get to know other teachers and be inspired by our day-to-day work. Today's chat is slightly off the norm in that our discussion is focused around the Canadian-based Royal Conservatory program. When I heard about their new Music Lights the Way campaign to gift over 400,000 books to 20,000 teachers in the US and Canada, I immediately reached out for an interview. I hope you'll enjoy my chat today with U.S. piano teacher and RCM examiner, Jonathan Roberts. Well, welcome to the Piano Pantry podcast, Jonathan. It's so great to have you here today. Thank you so much for having me. To get started, why don't you just introduce yourself to our listeners, tell us where you're from, maybe give us a brief picture of your current teaching setup and how you're connected through with RCM. Sure, absolutely. Uh, well, my name is Jonathan Roberts. I'm in the Boston area, just south of Boston in the town of Quincy, where I run a music school. It's the South Shore Piano School. Uh, we have over 220 students in just about two and a half years. So that's been really exciting. And I've been involved with the Royal Conservatory of Music for about the past eight years. When I first started sending students for examinations, I became an examiner for the Royal Conservatory in, let's see, we're going back to 2017, 2018. So I've been an examiner for about four years or so. And a little over a year ago, I became a U.S. representative for Royal Conservatory of Music. So I work helping to get teachers involved with the program who are totally brand new. And I also work with participating schools, helping school owners and their teachers get on board uh, with the program, start sending students. Now, do you actually host a program at your your own studio location in Boston, or what's the closest, I guess, event that you have in your area? We don't serve as a, a local exam center, although I suppose with the pandemic, nobody's really <laughs> served as an examination center until, true, until true. recently <laughs> again. So yeah, so I would say about 25 to 30% of our students are involved with the program and they've been doing the remote uh, examinations. And then we have a great center close by at the South Shore Conservatory in Hingham that serves as sort of our local uh, in-person examination center that's uh, finally starting to host in-person examinations again, which is really exciting. One question I like to ask anybody that I interview is just kind of an informal, give us a little sneak peek into your daily teacher life. What's your schedule look like? (laughs) I just get kind of a kick out of hearing what everybody else does day to day. Yeah, sure. No, that's cool. So uh, a sort of typical day, I usually try to get up on the early side before everybody else is woken up in the house. So uh, my wife, my two kids, I try to get up before everybody else does so I can do sort of like my morning wellness routine. So I get like a little bit of yoga in, I do some breath work, meditation, that kind of stuff to really sort of set the tone for the day. And then I'll usually try to do like a good like 60 to 90 minutes of some creative work. So like blogging or video creation, stuff like that. So sort of that creative uh, work while I'm fresh (laughs) in the morning. And then once everybody else in the house is up and out and about, I get some of that much needed family time with wife and kids for, you know, a good hour or two before I do some administrative stuff and then head off to teaching at uh, our studio location. 
And then like most piano teachers, my um, main block is like that after school uh, hours. So like two to seven or three to eight kind of a thing. Yeah. And then I come home, unwind, just decompress from the day. And uh, I would say that kind of sums up a <laughs> average day in the life of Jonathan Roberts. Do you have students five days a week? Are you Monday to Friday or Monday to Saturday? Or what days do you teach students? So for me right now, I'm Wednesday through Saturday. Last year, I was uh, six days a week, Monday oh through my. Saturday. Yeah. So, but between that and doing all the administrative stuff, running a school, because so, I, I have six other teachers working with me. So handling all of that stuff and all the things that go with running a business and the RCM stuff, it was just too much. So I, I cut it down to four days uh, this year. Granted, those are four kind of marathon-ish days, um, but it's it's been it's been a welcome relief compared to six days a week. So if our listeners aren't familiar with the RCM program, would you be able to just share a little bit more details about the program itself? Yeah, absolutely. It's always one of those tricky things to kind of explain in just like <laughs> two or three sentences. But essentially, it's a leveled certificate program. So if you think about how kids have their different grades they go through in school, first, second, third, fourth, or they have their different colors of karate belts, which I don't know what the colors are, but orange, green, but whatever, whatever it is. Yeah. This is essentially that same idea, but it's applied to music study. So the Royal Conservatory of Music has had this program in Canada for decades. It's relatively new here in the United States, but even in the broader scheme in most developed nations other than the United States, it's actually very unusual for kids to take music lessons and never take a music exam. Right. So for us here in the US, this is a, a pretty new concept, but essentially for each instrument, there's a syllabus that has all the requirements laid out for all of these various levels. There's techniques, so scales, triads, arpeggios, all of that kind of stuff to provide that solid technical foundation and even theory foundation. There's repertoire, so the students and their teachers select pieces off of a list to perform for an examiner. And then what I like the most, because I feel like this gets overlooked so often in traditional music studies, is um, ear training and sight reading. So a lot of things that I didn't really learn officially until college these kids get the opportunity to start exploring that now as they prepare for these exams. So things like interval recognitions, playback, hearing a melody in a key, and then being able to play it back, things like that. So all of this is beautifully laid out in RCM syllabus to give the teacher a guide and a curriculum for both short-term and long-term planning. So their students have a real long-term trajectory in their studies. Yeah, the, the materials are really high quality. Um, the, you mentioned the ear training specifically. So do you use like the online ear training things that go along with the ear training, the four star books. Yeah. Yeah. The online ear training. And then what I also like about the syllabus is each level is really designed really well. So that the parts sort of integrate together very well. So I'm always, cause our, you know how it is with lessons, like you blink and the lessons over, especially, you yeah. know, it's like a 30 minute lesson. So it's an, it's a fun sort of challenge to incorporate those ear training elements into the repertoire. So it's not like, you know, here's your technique, here's your repertoire, and here's your ear training, but like, here's your technique and how it applies to your repertoire. Here's your ear training and how it applies to your repertoire. Right. Dale, do you find that the leveling system motivates your students really well? Like having that kind of concrete, like, okay, I'm working towards this level this year. How, what do you see in your students? Yeah, definitely. I find that the younger I can get them started, the better. 
because they haven't really been tainted yet by this idea of examinations <laughs> in general. Because <laughs> here, like, especially once kids get to middle school and high school, the idea of music and examination just isn't like a warm and fuzzy thought. Yeah. So when we can get kids that are like six or seven or eight involved at this younger age, I find that that sort of ignites a spark of like, oh yeah, I did this level. What will it look like when I get to level seven? And they like to just like see what lies ahead and stuff. So they feel like they're really on a, on a track. Now, is that a requirement in your studio that your all of your students do an examination every year, or how do you handle that at your music school? Sure, it's not a requirement. Uh, you know, the, it, it's not necessarily a program for everyone. We do highly encourage it. So, all of the students that come in, they know that we're a participating school. That you know, mo most, if, pretty close to all of us, are, are experienced with the program and have had students sent regularly. And we, you know, sort of outline the benefits. There are some families where, no matter how well you explain it, just the idea sure. of doing a music exam <laughs> is yeah. just not for them. So we, we don't we don't make it a requirement by any means. But we we definitely have seen a connection though between the students who really engage with it and you know give, give that first exam their all and and do you know at least a few. We've definitely seen a connection between that and sticking with this for longer. Um, what I found kind of interesting is the students who like do one or two and then just say like yeah oh, we don't want to do the exams anymore or if they just say yeah this isn't for us. Um, not, not across the board, but more often than not, they're the ones that kind of do their like two or three years of piano and then other commitments sort of override everything else. Yeah. So I'm, I'm pretty passionate about trying to get as many students in as we can. Interesting. Interesting. Now, you mentioned that it hasn't been in the U.S. for long, and I'm trying to recall now I've only been teaching piano full time myself since around 2011. And I feel like as I was doing my master's program between 2009 and 2011, that maybe that that was kind of a, the period where RCM started coming to the US, but I could be wrong because like I said, I, I really wasn't into, I didn't know about it prior to that. So do you know about sure. how long it has been in the US? You know, I always get this timeline a little bit off because I was thinking that it was around that same time period, but okay. I think it may have even been sort of trickling in even before that. Sooner. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I think it really came to light with the, with the partnership with Carnegie Hall that I've, I'm sure you've, you've heard about you right, know, with, right. with the sort of initial introduction into the U.S. Right. Um, yeah. So somewhere in that like late 2000s, <laughs> I would say. Now, was that the, how, how the entry into the U.S. came about, but now they're separated, correct? It's not is it any right? Yeah, in conjunction yeah with they, Carnegie anymore? It's no, it's no longer okay. in conjunction with Carnegie. No, That's what but I thought. The, yeah, but I mean, teachers have done a phenomenal job, though. Like you know, really getting it up and running here in in the states. I particularly love um, the Prep A and Prep B books and the repertoire. I love yes. the um, the four star sight reading books are great. I don't use as much of the online resources, although I've looked at them before and they're really high quality. I just haven't, you know, it just hasn't integrated into how I might work in my day to day studio. Um, sure. And I also love the theory books. Like they are my number yeah. one go to <laughs> theory book for sure. Absolutely. Um, tell us a little bit about your experiences as an examiner, um, maybe how long you've been doing it, and then a little bit about the process if anybody else is interested in becoming an examiner. Yeah, absolutely. So I've been an examiner now for about four years, and it's just been such a wonderful experience to be able to play some small part in so many other students' musical development in, you know, all over the country and in Canada, both with, you know, in-person exams until those came to a pause temporarily, and especially with the remote exams. It's kind of cool to be able to sit here in Boston and be able to do an examination with a student in Vancouver um, and be able to have like some small impact on that student's development. That's been really cool. The, the process for anybody who's interested, 
I would say a, a part of it is certainly you want to build up experience sending students to examinations because periodically RCM will have like a call for applications for people who want to become examiners. And a critical part of that will be that you have actually sent students to exams. So if you've never sent students to exams, but you apply to be an examiner, there's like a little, <laughs> a little bit of a disconnect there. That makes um, sense. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but the training is is quite excellent. It's a, a good three days in Toronto, hands-on training, wonderful workshops and master classes, just learning about the marking process. Because the, the goal with this um, program from the examiner perspective is to have such a consistent standard that if you know 50 examiners examined the same student, this the marking would only be off by like a few points to yeah. make it a very consistent high standard of quality. And then once those sort of hands-on training days are finished, there's a period of apprentice examining. So for a few sessions, the examiner will, the or the, uh, let me think, it's not, I don't think they say, say apprentice anymore, we'll say examiner in training. Yeah. So the, the examiner in training will examine alongside a mentor examiner. And it's it's really cool how the process works. So the, the trainee will essentially sit alongside the mentor examiner and make comments and marks along with the mentor oh, wow. examiner to try to work on the marking and the comments to work yeah. on like the consistency. And then gradually with each session, they kind of shift more and more responsibility over to the, the examiner in training. So the, the, the trainee might do like the technical test portion and then the mentor will do everything else and then they'll switch and then have the, the, um, examiner in training do just the repertoire and the ear training. And then so gradually they sort of shift this until on the sort of final examination day uh, in training, they just have the, the trainee do the entire examination still alongside the mentor examiner who is still taking their marks and there's the ones that counts and still all along the way, just comparing marks to make sure the consistency is there. That's really fabulous. That's what's one thing I love about the program is just that consistency, especially in the judging, you know, yeah. so. Absolutely. Yeah. I've never, I have to say pretty much without exception, I've, we, I've never gotten a report back from a student's exams and have something totally off, off yeah. base. Yeah. 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 That's good to know going into, it gives you confidence as a teacher that your yeah. students are going to have a good experience. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. So let's chat a little bit about the RCM's music lights the way campaign. Can yeah. you, maybe if our, again, our listeners haven't heard of that, of what's been going on here in this past month, can you share a little bit about that? Yeah, so this was a wonderful celebration at Kerner Hall. So really, a, a lot of it's around the launch of the sixth edition of the celebration series, but it's really celebrating even so much more than that, just celebrating the impact of music on so many students' lives, celebrating the teachers who have made this happen, celebrating, you know, thriving through the past two years. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, as most of your listeners have probably, uh, if they don't already know, I have probably heard about from somebody that uh, RCM is giving away lots of free books to uh, teachers who have participated in the program, which is yes. uh, super, super exciting. So that was, I think, the, the greatest gift of all. <laughs> from, yeah, as soon as I saw the evening. email come through about that, I, you know, they were asking about people being interested in doing interviews and, you know, getting the word out. And I jumped on that right away. I'm like, this is like incredible. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But it was, it was such a fun evening just with so many performances. And I thought yeah. it was really fun to hear a lot of the backstories with some of these compositions that are included in the in this new celebration series, which I think really is the most diverse and inclusive uh, mm. collection of repertory uh, they've, they've come up with yet. So basically the they're, they're giving away and correct me if I'm wrong. Um, 
more than 40,000, sorry, 400,000 books to yes. 20,000 <laughs> teachers in the U.S. and Canada, right? That is correct. That is incredible. So that you're, that's the whole series, right? The the teachers that get that donation get the like entire every, collection, okay. all so the, you everything. Get like one of all the theory, all the etudes, the repertoire, the four-star sight reading books. Is I believe it all it's of everything. Those? I, th- I want to say it's a 22 book collection. I'm not, I don't, I don't think it includes the theory, actually. I okay, could be, I, I, could I was be just going to, well, after I said sure, that. <laughs> yeah, I believe it's everything for, so like if you're, you know, a piano teacher, you get the whole four-star technique, etudes, repertoire, and I, th- okay. I think it's like a 22 book collection or something right. like that. Right, because I know the theory gets renewed on its own, so that's probably not part of it because. Right, theory is kind of on its own track right, for, right, its for own the, track. yeah. Interesting. So how do, how do teachers get the, these books? What do you have to do to be a teacher to receive this incredible gift? Yeah. So, I mean, basically, if you've participated regularly sending students to examinations over the past five years, you automatically qualify. So teachers listening to this, if if that's you, you should have already gotten an email basically saying, here's your redemption code, go on. In. And it's a, it's a beautiful uh, feeling to go into like the RCM bookstore and see like, yeah. Huge collection, 400 and something dollars, zero. <laughs> yeah, I've seen pic- uh, pictures of teachers posting that on Facebook, you know, oh my goodness, you know, look at this, $450 for free. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And even for teachers who haven't necessarily participated at that level over the last five years, RCM is still offering a pretty substantial discount um, so yeah. that they can get materials as well. I think it's about, I think it's a 30, 30%. 30% is what I think that I saw. Yeah. I think it's just a great way to reward the teachers that have been you know, supporting the RCM program, like you said, for the past five years, and also a way to give token to other teachers, even if they haven't. Now, is it the same process for teachers that maybe haven't been involved that still want to try to take advantage of the discount? Do you know, do they just go onto RCM's website to apply for the, and purchase them through there? Or how does that work? Yeah, they may be able to go back and look at the replay of the of the live event, or, you know, a good go-to is always to just email candidate services. I think the way I think the email is candidate services at rcmusic.ca and just say, Hey, I'm interested in this. Can I get the discount? We'll post links in the show notes to any, anything that we find that can help direct you that way. So how has this, or I should say, how is this gift going to impact you and your studio as a teacher? So, you know, I run a music school with six other teachers. It's going to be awesome to be able to add this to our library because it's, it's just such a, a wealthy, a wealth of, repertoire. And yeah. what I what I love about the program too is all the pieces were selected with pedagogy in mind. Mm-hmm. And the RCM program really just helped my development so much as a teacher. I think it's going to be really helpful to be able to have this as a resource for my other teachers to be able to look at repertoire, especially some of my my teachers who are a little newer to teaching younger students to be able to see, you know, repertoire that was, you know, selected and curated with pedagogy in mind. And just being able to, you know, being being able to save that (laughs) the $400 is certainly nice. But I think also just sort of a bigger picture, it's nice to feel, I think it was just such an incredible gesture on RCM's part to really feel like we're we're all in this together for a a really a, a bigger mission to improve just humanity in general through the arts. Yeah. I love the, the 10 level system is a, is a great way. Like you said, even just as references and because sometimes in repertoire books that say the intermediate level, you get multiple levels within one book sometimes. And yeah, exactly. you know, it really can help you break that down even further um, to see, you know, well, say Fury Lease might be in one particular series 
you know, along with, which is, I think a level seven in RCM, if I remember right, it is, um, yeah. uh, you know, might be in another book alongside a level five piece, you know, right. and if teachers aren't familiar with, you know, progressing, you know, feeling confident with different differentiating those levels, um, it could just can be nice to have that resource to, um, yeah, to break it down a little bit even further. So, yeah, absolutely. So Jonathan, do you have any advice for teachers who are interested in either getting started with entering students in the program or that are even already involved in the program? What are your best tips? Absolutely. So my best advice I'm always telling teachers is to just start before you feel ready. Because one thing <laughs> I find that happens frequently, I've known many teachers over the years are like, yeah, I think I want to get some kids involved in RCM this year. And it always feels like there's more prep work that needs to be done before like making the leap and actually talking with parents about it. So like my first piece of advice is always just start, just start before you're ready. Just pick a student, talk, start talking to the parents, just getting into that habit of talking about this program in the studio. Yeah, being consistent but, in your own studio with it. Yeah, absolutely. But as far as some more sort of step-by-step -step practical advice, I mean, the syllabus is always a great place to start. Just getting familiar with the level-by-level -level requirements, you know, getting some practice talking with parents about the program sort of in terms that they understand. Because I think it's one of those concepts that's hard to explain in just a couple sentences. So what I usually tell teachers is try to explain explain it to parents in terms that they're already familiar with. This is where I love analogies. Because if you could just, if you just tell parents like, okay, well, this is like their grades in school or like their belts in karate, but it's for piano. Yeah. That's so much easier for a parent to understand than, well, there's this organization in Canada. It's been a national right. standard for the last, <laughs> you know, and th that can get. It's all about how you market it, right? It's marketing. We're marketers too, not just piano teachers. <laughs> exactly. Well, we also have an exciting new program that I, that I run for RCM. It's the RCM mentorship program. And this is a totally free program. I, I can give you a link to include in the show yeah, notes for, for this. Sure. And it's essentially, it's, it's structured kind of like an online course where every week I'll publish one or two like little video lessons. They're very step-by-step-by-step -by -step -by -step guide teachers from having zero knowledge about the program to submitting their first students with having me there as a, as a resource pretty much every step of the way. Oh, wow, um, that's, that's been fabulous. really cool. Yeah, yeah, so we're doing our sort of second run of that program now. We actually just started last week. So if anybody wants to join, it's completely free. It's on an online platform that's totally private just for mentorship program students. So it ha basically um, has all the functionality of Facebook where you can post and have discussions and stuff like that, but without, without all of the other distractions. What about as an examiner? Do you have any um, tips for teachers that are prepping students, you know, from what sure. you actually see from the examiner side of things? Yeah, absolutely. So I think the best thing, you know, is like from the day you decide, okay, we're going to do level one piano, go ahead and set that timeline of, you know, this is when we're going to plan to do the exam. Let's figure out when you're going to have, you know, this piece of repertoire done, when you have this repertoire done, this repertoire done. I usually tell teachers to try to avoid teaching to the test because one sort of flip side to this program is I've known some teachers over the years who only do the exam requirements. Yeah. So a student might only end up playing like their three exam pieces for like five months. Yeah. That's where that <laughs> that's a trap that we don't want to fall into either. So basically to sort of plan out how you're going to work to this level, but without teaching to the test and how, you know, plan out, how are you going to work on sight reading without like just doing the four star book? That's where I'm sure you've heard of the 40 piece challenge. I love doing that yes. with my students. Yeah. That really boosts their sight reading. So just, it, there's, there's lots of room for creativity to think about like what fits with your style as a teacher to help prepare your students for this level. But I think planning for that timeline um, so you're not kind of 
cramming towards the end is, is critical. So making sure you're on the same page, the students on the same page, parents on the same page, it can really be a, a beautiful thing. Yeah, that's great advice because like you said, it can be very easy to kind of get locked into like, oh my goodness, you know, we have to have this by here at this time. And right. you know, everything else kind of gets pushed by the wayside, especially when you get under pressure as it gets closer. So one of my last questions for you, Jonathan, is about the Music Lights the Way Piano Festival and Competition. This is something I guess that's new that's being rolled out. Can you share a little bit about that? Yeah, so it's it's going to be another step in this celebration of the Celebration Series. So there's going to be something for everyone. More details will be coming out, I imagine, in the coming months. But I believe RSM is going to structure this so that there's something for all ages and levels. It's going to sort of revolve around the Celebration Series repertoire. And there are going to be lots of really cool prizes, in my understanding. And what I like is they're going to be structuring this so it's not... There, there will be opportunities for prizes so that it's not just about like who plays the best. Because um, sometimes competitions can be a little discouraging when, you know, I think yeah. we all have our our local competition teachers that we just that totally discourage us from entering yeah. competitions. Um, <laughs> but as with RCM's mission, you know, they're really making this open to, to everyone. So there's really going to be something for everyone. And I think it's over like $200,000 in prizes. That's amazing. Um, that are going to be available. So that's really exciting. Now, I, I if I recall correctly, because I did watch the the music lights the way you know event and everything that there there's going to be a, a division even for adults is that correct yeah, that is correct yeah i don't know any details beyond that but there will there will be divisions for adults which will be really exciting because i think often that's a group that's sort of excluded you know unless you want to do like the van Clyburn amateur competition right. or something like that <laughs> not a lot of adults are going to do the van Clyburn. exactly <laughs> exactly all right so at the end of every episode i just like to ask teachers to finish off with one silly fun fact about yourself to help us get to know you a little bit better. Sure. Okay. So this is one of my silly oddisms. I'm a, I'm a zombie movie fanatic. So, (laughs) (laughs) which I don't think I've ever met any other people that like are as in as like weirdly into zombie movies as I am. And it's not necessarily, I'm not necessarily into like gore and horror stuff. Yeah. I think with like zombie movies, I think the two things that are like kind of intriguing about the concept are one that it's like of all the disaster things, I think it's like the closest thing that, especially after our pandemic experience, it's like the closest thing (laughs) to like something that could actually happen. But then the second one, I think, I think it, it's a, it requires like a lot of creativity and um, courage now for anybody to make a zombie movie anymore because most of them end with like either everybody dies at the end or everybody like jumps in a helicopter and flies away. Yeah. And pretty much everything that has tried to like, so I, so I think recently like the very first like zombie slash heist film came out that was called uh army of the dead, I think. So like, so it, it sort of, so like to do a zombie movie, you can't just do like the typical, like everybody just runs and escapes because it's been done like a million times. So anyway, so that's my, my silly oddism. I assume then that means that you were a big fan of the TV series. Um, and the name is escaping me. Maybe you could walking dead. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> oh yes. Right? Yeah, yeah. Yes. All my, all my friends have stopped watching it. I'm the last one standing, but I'm, yeah, I'm still, no, we, I'm, we were yeah. into it for about the first season or two. And how many seasons are there now? Uh, I think we're on season 11 now. Oh my goodness. Yeah. The, we, is... we did several seasons, but after a while we're like, okay. <laughs> yeah. It starts to get a little exhausting, yeah. which is funny because like the original, you know, speaking of creativity, the original concept of like the comic book was exactly that. Like the creator was like, okay, every movie ends with either everybody dies or everybody flies in a helicopter. So like what happens yeah. next? But yeah. then ironically, even he canceled the comic book, uh, the graphic novel series because he couldn't sustain it <laughs> anymore. 
So as a zombie fan, then I think you would really like the music from Jason Sifford called The Creeps. Have you heard of that student no, series? No, I haven't. I'll have to check that <laughs> out right away. It's really great for Halloween. And I know that there's a song in there called Zombies or something like that. So you might want to check that out. <laughs> awesome. Love it. <laughs> Very cool. Well, thank you so much for being with us here on the podcast today and for sharing everything regarding the RCM program and their Music Lights the Way campaign. It's really fantastic to hear what they're doing for teachers around the U.S. and Canada. And um, best of luck to you and your studio. Thank you so much. You as well. Thank you so much for having me. Have a great day. You too. Thanks for being here today, teacher friends. Now, don't forget to jump into the show notes for links to items mentioned in this episode. And when we're done here, would you also mind heading over to Apple Podcasts to leave a rating and review? If you're on social media, you can find me on Instagram at Amy Chaplin Piano and on Facebook at Piano Pantry. If you enjoy these teacher chats, be sure and jump back in to listen to episode number five, where I chat with Ben Capolo, creator of the excellent podcast, All Keyed Up, episode 10, where I chat with current president of Music Teachers National Association, Karen Thixton, and episode number 15, where I have a little piano teacher powwow with three of my very own friends, Christina Whitlock, Jana Williamson, and Joy Morin. Now, if you think you would enjoy a little teacher chat of your own, I announced at the end of episode number 18 that I have launched a new venture called the Piano Pantry Retreat. This retreat is very near and dear to my heart as it's a way of not only giving you an opportunity to gather and glean from each other in a very small setting, but it fits with my greatest joys in life of playing hostess and cooking. This three-day rejuvenating retreat is an exclusive event in that it is 100% one-on-one catered event at my home here in Northeast Indiana, designed for you to rest, reset, and rethink. Your rest will include intentional quiet time to relax and restore with a pampering of healthy home-cooked meals by me. You'll reset in that you'll get seven 75-minute power hours where together we will tackle digital organization projects, including email cleanup, document management, social media scheduling, personal projects, studio business organization, and more. And finally, you'll have time to rethink. That is, to spend time with fellow teachers, brainstorming and gleaning ideas from each other in a casual setting. With combined goals of time alone with other teachers and one-on-one coaching with me, you'll walk away feeling renewed, encouraged, organized, refreshed, and grounded for your next season of teaching and life. Again, since this is hosted in my home with all food and accommodation included, I can only host three teachers at a time. While the first one is already full from opening it up to a small handful of friends and acquaintances, I plan on having more dates available in the future. If you're interested in joining the email list where you will get first notification when dates open up, visit the link in the show notes to sign up. Have a great day.